you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? This is Peter Schrager, and you're listening to The Season with Peter Schrager. It is the Tuesday of week three of the NFL season. So we closed the book with two Monday night games last evening. Two ugly games, to be honest. I mean, Steelers win, but they had negative seven yards of offense in the fourth quarter. And the big story is Nick Chubb, who's a beloved player in the league and maybe my favorite pound-for-pound running back in the sport, out for the season with a gruesome injury. And then Saints-Panthers. Again, like the storyline is Saints defense played well. That's not. It, it was a tough watch. Saints win. Panthers are a year away, maybe more. Uh, that offensive line gave Bryce Young no help. That that's it. Uh, that's that's the NFL. You know, week two putting on a bow of it, and like yeah, these two Monday night games, and you're like, gosh, Saturday night Colorado, Colorado State was so much cooler. <laughs> and I, I know we're doing an NFL season podcast, but you can't tell the season of football without talking about this Dion effect. Let me just take you through it, Aaron. And I'm with Aaron Wong Kaufman, my great producer and friend. And Jason English is here as well from iHeart. Listen, I'm on a flight. I'm on a JetBlue flight. And I'm in um, one of those deals where the the TVs are on all over across all over the place. So you could see all the TVs. I flew out on like 
10 a.m. Eastern, which means that like both Game Day and Fox's new show, Fox Big Noon Kickoff, are both on. They're both at Colorado. And in the same flight, I would say that usually it's you're getting people watching The Housewives. You've got someone watching, you know, Taken as a movie. Uh, you've got some kids watching. Every TV is watching Colorado, Colorado State pregame. And I'd say it was split down the middle between the Fox and the ESPN. But the fact of the matter is, on one camera, you've got The Rock and ESPN sending, you know, their talent and having McAfee with The Rock over there. On the other camera, I've got Lil Wayne performing who then tosses it to Gronk, who's there inexplicably, but like is the hype man and was great. And then Dion's on camera and he's doing interviews with both on set. And the wild thing to me is that it was like 8 a.m. local. They didn't play for another 12 hours and the fans and the students had to like go nuts for game day, go nuts for the Fox show. And then like somehow bottle it and, and go out there and do it all over again during the game. Then once the game starts, did you see the rating this morning, Aaron? Did you see the number come out? No. Uh, I mean, from the sheer amount of people talking about it, I have to assume it's incredible. All right. So I'd love, I wish we had like, there's a guy named Mike Mulvihill who does Fox ratings analysis. And there's all these other ratings people online. There's a guy named sports TV ratings, the Twitter feed. There's another thing like Paulson. They do the ratings. It got a 9.3 on linear. So forget all the streaming thing. They already said it was the most streamed college football game of all time on ESPN. But a 9.3 means it had 9.3 million people watching. Now, think about when this thing was on. It started at 10 o'clock Eastern, meaning it carried an audience through midnight to 1 a.m. I'll be honest with you. You know I told you my routine. Not a big go-out guy. Charles Woodson is a great idea. He says, let's watch the start of Dion at the hotel bar and we'll get some food. All right, the start. I want to see the start. See how they come out. Well, they come out and there's a pick six out of the gates and, the, and, and then there's a, it's called back. And then there's another play. And all of a sudden it's this, it's this, day, this, this backyard brawl where Hunter is getting the shot from the Colorado State kid, but Colorado State will not back down and they're doing crossing patterns and they're killing Colorado. And... You're starting, you're like, I can't turn this off. It was amazing. I stayed up, watched the entire thing. I was fortunate enough to be watching it with one of the greatest players of all time, with Charles Woodson, breaking it down, and we're having fun watching. But I'm getting texts from my friends on the East Coast who are watching. So if I'm on the West Coast and it ends at at like 9, 10 p.m., what people are watching on the East Coast at one. All right, so to me, this Dion craze is the story of the football season right now. I love Tua, I love Lamar, but like, I know we're the NFL and this is the NFL season, but if you're kidding yourself, you don't think Dion has been the story of football. And now they go to, to play Oregon. Now what's crazy is they might lose to Oregon. Oregon's really good. They're without Travis Hunter, obviously. He got injured. He's going to be out a couple of weeks. The following week, they host USC. And did you see what time that game is at? That game is at 9 a.m. local, Colorado, or 10 a.m. mountain time. Like, Fox is doing their pregame. Fox is going to be there. They're going to be at Boulder. And they're like, we're going straight from big noon kickoff to this one. They're playing it at 10 a.m. Um, and it's Caleb Williams, the Heisman winner, versus... Coach Prime and his sons and the crew they have. And like, as I'm watching football on Sunday and I'm on, 
um, the JetBlue flight back. And I, I fly JetBlue if I can, if the timings work out, because they have, again, a lot of air travel talk with me. This is the season. They have, it's not like you have to log into a Wi-Fi and then work and stream. It's, they have it in the back of the, the seat. They've got the direct ticket, which is a great thing. And I was worried that the Sunday ticket would be gone with the new deals. No, no, it's still there. So you're watching, and then the Sean Payton game goes to overtime versus Ron Rivera. I love that matchup. Ron, a great friend. Sean, a great friend. Two guys used to battle it out in the NFC South. That game goes to the final play. It's a Hail Mary. Then a two-point conversion. Should have been a pass interference call. There wasn't. Cry me a river. We go. Then we go to the 60 minutes. And who is John Wertheim sitting down with? Did you see Aaron? Uh, I wonder if we've mentioned him already today. Coach Prime. Actually... I don't know if it was in the same episode. What's the Ukrainian president's name? This is why I don't host a, a morning show like I'm Nate Burleson or Strahan. Zelensky? Zelensky? So I don't know if it was this week or last week, but someone did a thing. The Coach Prime 60 Minutes interview has like 10 million viewers already online. Like if they could like count the... the Zelensky has 2 million. So if you're just looking for cultural relevance, and maybe that's a statement on America's uh, interest in Ukraine at this point. I don't know. I'm not trying to get political here. The NFL is going to strike that from the podcast. I'm just saying. Prime has a bigger uh, footprint online than Zelensky right now. Although Zelensky did meet Ben Stiller and Sean Penn. On that note, we're talking celebrities. Do you know that Zelensky actually was the voice of Paddington for the Ukrainian version of... The Paddington Bear like movies. Like they dubbed over Paddington and Zelensky yes. did the voice? Yes, he was an actor and like a comedian and a game show host before he was Zelensky. Oh my God, wow. Jason's nodding. Jason knows. He knows. Facts. Um, speaking of cele- celebrities, I don't know if Zelensky's been on Hot Ones, but uh, I'm not surprised if he's if his people have reached out to our host. And that's nothing against Zelensky. It's just this guy gets the best guests in all of sports, entertainment, news, I love this guy. We've become friends over the past few years, and he's a diehard Bears fan. Sean Evans from Hot Ones is next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. 
And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. For my money, he's the best interviewer in the game. I've said it before. I'll say it to his face. Uh, he's also a diehard Chicago Bears fan and a pal of mine. Uh, from Hot Ones, Mr. Sean Evans joins the season with Peter Schrager. What's up, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're in a busy season, too. As I'm doing football, you guys are filming a new season. Is it usually secret on like who you're doing your interviews with and who you guys are doing the Hot Ones challenges with? Or do you kind of... Are you allowed to share who you've been working with already? Yeah, yeah. We kind of we keep it under wraps, but uh, we do have a season premiere coming up this week, and it's with NSYNC, all five of them. And all five. It was, uh, all five of them. All five of them. 60 Wings on the Table, a record for us, and <laughs> it's an awesome episode. I can't wait for people to see it. Five different microphones or one microphone and everyone huddled <laughs> yeah. around each other? Five lobs, like four booms. Uh, it was uh, It was stress testing our production for sure. Yeah, Justin Timberlake, cool guy. Awesome guy. He's uh, I've worked with him before. He's done hot ones before, and uh, yeah, but an awesome guy. Joey's done it before, so it was kind of uh, reunited with a couple of them. Uh, but it was an awesome shoot. I can't wait for people to see it. I saw them at the VMAs. Are they like? I don't know the history of like in sync. Whether they've done reunions. I know Backstreet Boys is still like. Is it a big deal that they're back together? Is this the first time in twenty years? Yeah, I um. I, Maybe they've done a, a Grammy appearance together or something before, but this is kind of a, a big cultural moment and, uh, you know, um, a chance to kind of look back on this crazy ride that they've been. And they're all on the other side of it and all in a good headspace. And it just felt like uh, guys reminiscing about the good old days. And it's it's an awesome episode. All right. So for the listeners who aren't aware of Sean's work and um I don't think it's embarrassing if you're not. You might not live online. That's it. That's fine. It's it's an incredible show. It's it's 20 to 30 minutes, and Sean will interview a celebrity guest, and the questions will get increasingly more personal and more about the But as they're doing that, they are eating hotter and hotter chicken wings along the way, and the chicken wings go from like a level one to the level 10. And by the end of the thing, the guest is in their most vulnerable states and they are sweating bullets and they inevitably open up to you and you get some of the best answers around. Um, Sean, where did you get started? Like, how did this come to be? Because your face for a lot of people was new. Like, I don't know that guy from that TV show and I don't know that guy from stand-up comedy. Um, 
Take us back to like post-college like and how this thing got rolling. Yeah, I went to the University of Illinois. I was a broadcast journalism major. As big as I dreamed is I thought I'd graduate and then maybe get a job, hopefully, as an assistant producer at ESPN 1000 or 670 The Score <laughs> or something. It'd just be like a drive-time morning talk, like sports radio producer. That's as big as I ever dreamed. Um, but I would always do interviews for whoever asked me on like a freelance basis out in Chicago. And then in 2014, I was out in All-Star Weekend in New Orleans and had interviews like 2 Chains and John Wall and all these basketball players and musicians. And at that time, every magazine was becoming a YouTube channel, basically. And they were like, mm-hmm. we put these on camera just because we need um, just videos to put on our YouTube content. channel. So it's like, yeah, we just need content. So I said, sure, please do. That would be awesome. And then they liked them enough to offer me a full-time job. So I quit what I had going on in Chicago and sold all my stuff and broke my lease. And I was in New York with four roommates who I'd never met before, like 30 <laughs> days later. And uh, then I met Chris Schoenberger in the office and uh, we became friends. He's the GM of First We Feast. Uh, He had this idea, what if we interviewed celebrities but had them eat increasingly spicy chicken wings over the course of the interview? I thought it was genius. We uh, hammered out a pilot. We shot a pilot with Tony Yeo, and we haven't stopped shooting him since. That was almost nine years ago, and here we are, 22 seasons over 300 episodes. It's been 300 episodes, 22 seasons, (laughs) and and like the star power, it's – it's getting bigger and bigger. Now, of course, you, we've seen the clip with like Paul Rudd and, and Matt Damon had that great answer with you. But like this past season, I'm watching it and it's, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal. And then the next week it's uh, Kieran Culkin. Like you guys continue to get these A-list actors. Are they pitching you? Are you pitching them? Because I watch yeah. some of these other shows at late night and in the mornings and like they're not getting A-list anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that's, we have to be resourceful. I think that's kind of an edge for us. Um, And we have a spreadsheet that, you know, is all of our targets, all the times that we've pitched them over like the last decade, whether the trail is warm, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, you know, all those different things. What movies do they have coming out? What things do they have coming out? Is it time to pitch them again if it was a little bit warmer last time, you know? And then just trying to find those dates. And yeah, it is crazy that it's gotten to the point where now, I would say half of our guests are incoming and half of them are outgoing. You know, it's just us being aggressive and we can pop up the show. You know, if you're in LA, we'll hop on a plane, go meet you. It, it can travels. Pop up the yeah. show. Yeah, it travels. We could pop up in a garage if we want. So I think that's been kind of an advantage for us. And we do care. I mean, that's the driving force of everything that we do is, is putting on a show that people are interested in, that are fans who've been so loyal for all this time and have allowed us to have a show with such longevity and we just try to feed that beast. So that's always the motivating uh, driving force with everything that we do. And that's what keeps us up at night. And over the years we've gotten um, pretty good at it, you know, but I never take it for granted uh, ever. You know, the guests that we've had in, I think that's our, our crowning achievement of our show. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. It used to be, you'd want to do like a magazine cover. You got a big movie yeah. coming out and maybe you do a junket. Like now I feel like, Put me on hot ones with Sean. All two questions. It'll go viral. We'll have a great moment. And then people will be aware of the movie that's coming out. Yeah, I think that just shows how things have changed, where those are the things that move the needle now. And, you know, I, that's always my the case that I try to make is, yeah, there's this caveat where you have to eat scorching hot chicken wings. But 
people care and they show up and they fill the they fill the auditorium and they cheer you on no matter how things go uh, over the course of the interview. And it's a humanizing experience for celebrities who are often put on a pedestal. We all know what it's like to die on hot sauce. So it actually kind of <laughs> knocks that person off that pedestal, humanizes them. And it's just one of those things where I think we accidentally invented that. What's it like to have a beer with that person show? And it's a unique look for the guests as well. So as much as that there's kind of a drag on it where it's like, yeah, you have to eat these scorching hot chicken wings. I, I, the way I look at it, I see a lot of upside. Yeah, and the the wings are. I mean, it's it's the the shiny object. It's so secondary to the interviews because you're not asking typical Thank questions. You. You're not telling me about what's this funny story on set. You're doing your research and like deep research, and you're asking about their childhoods, their their philosophies, and you 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 must mine so much information. I think if you watch Hot Ones, you know that. And if you don't watch it, trust me, these questions, it's not like this is just your standard junket and you go deep. How do you do your research for these interviews? Do you have a team of guys and gals that are doing this? Because a lot of times you'll reference things from interviews 10 years ago that they've said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just try to look at everything that you possibly can, read everything that you possibly can. If they're an actor, I'll watch their movies. If they've written books, I'll read the books. If they're a musician, that'll become the soundtrack of my week, you know? And then I just try to marinate in that. I do have my little brother, Gavin, who I've, I've put out there to create these uh, packets, these research dossiers, and Chris does it as well, and I do it. And we've just kind of kept that same process going for a really long time. There aren't that many chefs in the kitchen. It's just kind of us, but everybody's most motivated again by that driving force uh, to create a good show. And I think that that's what you need. If it were just people dying on hot sauce, I think the audience would have tuned out by now. It has to be an excellent interview show combined with this unique hook. Again, that's our driving force for everything that we do. And it's kind of fun. I think I'm a naturally curious person and I really enjoy the process of walking a mile in someone else's shoes for a week. And so it never gets old for me. There's never any attrition that sets in. I, I really enjoy that. And honestly, what an amazing job to just even have that, you know, that can be your kind of nine to five uh, existence. So that's it. You just try to marinate in it and then do the best that you can and and uh, see what happens. You know, that's but I always think that it's important that we put an effort in for the guest because they're yeah. jumping through a lot of hoops for us. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. if it's a lazy, boring interview, then I, I think that's part of the reason people make it through so often and don't cut out is because they're kind of uh, roped in not only by this ridiculous wing stunt, um, but also by, you know, uh, an interview that's like, as we like to put it, the most comfortable, least comfortable. I've done my research on you. Nothing to Uh dig up that's bad, but um, tell me about giving tours of Chicago architecture. Uh, Tell me about this. So that was my summer job from, I think when I was a senior in high school, all the way through college. So for all of these summers, I would just stack tours. So it was a 90 minute river and lake tour and you'd have, you know, 150, 200 people on the boat every time. And I always think, you know, I was a broadcast journalism major, but I think the most important thing in my whole journey to being like where I am now, the most important sort of side mission was these boat tours because you'd be up in front of people, you'd always be doing a performance. And I think it was that that really helped the storytelling, that helped the pacing, that helped build my confidence. And I would just do these tours all summer long. You'd work like six days a week. They'd be really long days that could start at 8 a.m. and end at 8 p.m. And I remember you'd make tips and you'd work in like these boats with so many people. I'd be just 
stuff in my backpack with cash every day. It was the <laughs> best. It was the best job. And I often think that if there's one thing I could kind of go back to, like I almost think I could go back and do it now. And do it, and be right? Just like, as happy, just, but just be free and like liberated. It was the best summer job ever, ever, ever. Do you want to know what I did? Do you want to know what I did? What did you job? do? Yeah, I am very curious, actually. Dude, I was a telemarketer. Oh my gosh. So you want to talk about, you've seen the new HBO, the Safety <laughs> yeah, Brothers yeah, yeah. have their show. I love show. that. I love that doc. Pat I love that doc. All of the, I was a, Jer- <laughs> a New Jersey telemarketer and it was all my boys from high school. And we just, we, we were selling and it was like just the gift of gab, get someone on the phone and don't let them hang up and just lead them to this point. And all those skills, you better believe I use them They've today. And you. You, yeah, you have to. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? I would love to go back and try it and see if I can still do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I bet you've gotten better. You know, and same with me. I bet, I bet it's a full letter grade or two better than what I had before, you know? I stopped, I stopped building too early. No, you get all these celebrities in. Now, you and I, we, we've built to this career or whatever. Still, there's certain football players that'll walk in or celebrities. And I'm like, I can't believe that's really Barry Sanders. Like, and I like want to like look him in the eyes and be like, do you realize, do you get awestruck? I know you have everyone from Scarlett Johansson to, to Jennifer Lawrence to you name the biggest stars. And, and like, do you get starstruck or do you just look at this as this is my job? They have to respect it. I'm in my arena. Yeah, I, I, that's how I look at it. I, I really do. I don't get starstruck. There is always the moment when they walk into the room and you see them where you get a little butterfly performance anxiety thing that's kind of fun to feel, you know, yeah. uh, feels a little bit alive. So I definitely get that. But I don't get um, I don't think I get starstruck or anything. You know, there's just there's certain to use a football analogy. There are certain shoots that feel like playoff games or, you know, Gordon Ramsay coming in that felt like a Super Bowl. Kind Why of is moment. that? Because it's culinary or because he's such a well, enigma? I think it's because, you know, when we first started doing the show, fans would request him ad nauseum, almost to the point where it got hard to do the show. We didn't announce the new guests like this week on the show, this person, all the comments would be like, when are we getting Gordon Ramsay? It was this <laughs> albatross growing around our necks that almost made it hard to do the show. Um, so I think it was this internet fever dream that had forced us both into the room together and he felt it too and I felt it too. So in moments like that, it feels like maybe there's more at stake um, than just a regular shoot. Um, but that overall, I, I think it's there's a job to do there and I don't think being sycophantic does anything to serve an interview. So if you even do have those feelings, try to check them as much as you can and, and just do your job. Uh, just do your job. That's, yeah. that's the way Belichick. I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Belichick. There's this, uh, this moment after after an interview with a celebrity or an athlete and there's like, you're kind of hanging around and sometimes they'll be like, Oh, I'm a fan of yours. Or maybe not. In your case, I'm sure more than me. Uh, and there's like this moment of like, are we, are we friends? Like, are, are <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Has there been one of these a- actors or athletes or celebrities that you're like, after the interview, they're like, here's my number. And you guys have kept up and like actually been yeah, friends yeah. with <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my phone is kind of bananas, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I sometimes, me and Bear Grylls actually had a conversation about this because their shows are Already, kind of in. similar in that you go through this ridiculous thing and almost there's this trauma bond that happens. Like we've been through some stuff together, you know, and uh, so I think there is a natural inclination to uh 
keep the relationship kind of going. You know what I mean? Or when you see them again, there's that natural, like from across the room, like my God. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of a thing. So that's always fun to experience. And, and I've actually, that's how really you and I met was, you know, yeah. there's the Paul Rudd shoot in hot ones. And then that ends up into a, a friendly relationship. And, you know, here I am a big slick and meeting you guys, but there's so many versions of that over the years. And uh, that's been a really valuable, thing you know it's like almost this clubhouse that you end up uh in once you do hot ones and uh it's it's sauce in sauce out who's the i guess most exclusive number in the phone like one that you wouldn't give out or you wouldn't even yeah. feel comfortable like texting a it's lot. just like i can't let me a hear. lot of them um but you know uh like would you Paul's text him like you just did this thing would you text him and be like hey good show <laughs> we enjoyed it yeah, yeah. Or you'd just be like, hey, that was so much fun. Great catching up with you again. Wishing you a speedy recovery. It was great to see you. Something like that. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like Dave Grohl and I, it's it's a lot. Like sometimes I'll yeah. even look at the messages and be like, this is kind of crazy what's going on here. But uh, totally. it's it's been a blast. Yeah. Who was the surprisingly most fun interview that maybe going in, you're like, I'm not sure if this guy's got the huge or gal has the biggest personality oh, yeah, coming yeah, to hang, yeah. but then they brought it. We did one recently with John Stamos just a couple of seasons ago. And I don't know what I was really <laughs> expecting when, uh, you know, I know that he's a, a fun guy and uh, I'd enjoyed uh, watching the interviews, the ones that I did. But he came in like a whirlwind and it was the most fun I think I've ever had really? doing an interview. Stamos. Yeah, the most the most pure fun that while it was have while it was going on, it didn't feel like there was any uh formality or structure to it whatsoever yeah it was just it was just becoming fast friends and he called my dad and and (laughs) (laughs) it was like next time we play ravinia come watch us the beach boys like it was just uh, so much fun so i mean that's always what happens though we used to kind of have a a bet on how we thought it would go and where we think they'd tap out or like whatever we stopped doing that because we're just wrong all the time it was just it's this unique um social experiment once you get the wings involved. But yeah, there's been so many of those where it was just like, I I had high hopes, high expectations going in and that was just a lot more fun and better than I thought it would be. I've never met him. How is Seth Rogen? (laughs) Oh, he's a fun guy. He actually (laughs) gave us one of the great compliments we've ever received on the show. After he did an episode, he was like, these are not famous person hot. You know, like this is this show. You know, like, <laughs> and he's right. Like it is kind of a wild, wild west crazy show. Um, but I always, uh, that's what I take from Seth. That was one of the great uh, backhanded compliments we've ever gotten. Michael Sarah was on the show. How is he? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And actually um, up there in the pantheon, the Mount Rushmore of people who we've served this bizarro lunch to and didn't react to the hot sauces like at all. You know, just, just completely just stone face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're always worried about causing it harm, really. You know, like that's really the thing that, you know, will sometimes or the thing that I worry about is like when it goes spiraling out of control. Yeah. And so rarely are these things where it's almost like we didn't sauce the wings for them or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that is what I remember from that episode. I see so many different strategies. And a lot of times it starts with water, then it goes to the milk. Can you talk about the milk and why people drink milk when the spicy is getting too spicy and they're freaking out? They often lunge for the milk. Yeah, you know, I think that it's the fat that's supposed to cut the heat or whatever that you'd, you'd have in whole milk and dairy. Um, but I've noticed that as the guests have gotten more and more famous, the milks have become more and more exotic. 
you know, Go and they, they're very, they're very weird sort of, uh, you know, um, almond milk sort of offshoots that I think are just like water. I'm not sure there's the fat, there's the dairy in there to cut those things, but um, that's I've noticed. But in my opinion, it's the uh, it's the ice cream is the only thing that can that can really help. Once you're in that storm, you know, maybe a milk is maybe a sip of milk is temporarily. Uh, relieving uh, water, I guess, makes things worse. But psychologically, I find it helpful. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the only thing that works for me is some ice cream. Who breaks out the ice cream? I haven't. Seen, I don't think I've seen that. The, the, a lot have, of these guys break out the ice cream. Yeah, and that's something that uh, we've we've gone to a little bit more recently. And then Dom, our producer, will just always be standing by around wing seven. If it looks like our guest is up the <laughs> up against the ropes a little bit, she'll pour a bowl of ice cream and then and then jump in. Like she'll give me a little give me a little like wave, and I'll be like, hey, hey bring in the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, athletes. Who's been the best athlete that you've had on that had the most fun with? Uh, the Shaq episode, I think, is that was uh, early up on there. too, right? Was that season you're early on? on. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I mean, we started stacking them. I'm not sure which season, but it was you know five years ago or five, four or five, six years ago. It's all lost in a spice dream, but that was a big episode and uh, an amazing one. We had uh, Israel Adesanya on yeah, recently, and that was I think mixed one martial of the, arts, right? Yeah, yeah. I always think that the uh, athlete interview is one of the most difficult nuts to crack in the interview space. And that I thought he was, you know, one of the best interviews we'd have. And then, you know, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Sasha Banks. Um, well, they're I always entertainers. like interviewing them. Yeah, they're entertainers. <laughs> they're entertainers. But, you know, it's like sort of sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, related a little bit. But, but like, I get it. Like you see a great football player, like, oh, he's going to be great. And then the personalities out there, well, well they, they're great at football. They're not supposed to be. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know they're, I mean, they're paid to catch balls and, and score <laughs> touchdowns and throw touchdowns and sack the quarterback. And and so they're not, it's, it's just, there's no incentive there. Um, you know we I mean? had fun. We go to that big slick event now, two years in a row we've hung out and your buddy Nick is always with you. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we talk bears and then you're always asked to bring out the hot sauce and do a hot ones challenge. And first we feast is there. And it's this year, Mahomes and Kelsey were both a part of it. Uh, did you get a chance to hang with either of those guys? Yeah, we've, uh, I've worked with Travis a couple times and then for a while there we had social circles that were kind of in orbit of each other. So, um, so yeah, so it was good to see him. Always good to see him. And then, uh, Patrick Mahomes, actually I was playing third. He was playing short when, uh, for Eric Stone street, that ground ball that he threw behind his back yes. to first base. I remember that, uh, having a, a front row seat to that. <laughs> You're in the clip. If you watch the clip, oh, yeah, you're yeah, in the background. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's your moment. That's good. I was good. charging it's that like... ball and then it was just <laughs> blinding in front of me and then behind the back. So better that he got that than me. Is there an NFL player you'd want to have on the show that you haven't? Uh, that's a good, I mean, Tom Brady, I think I'd, I'd love to have on the show. I, I think I, the most interesting interview might be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I, I think he's, so. He seems kind of... Uh, Has he reached out? I feel like the two of you would hit it off. I think there was a time where maybe the teams were like flirting for a second there. You know, sometimes we call it like a little flirting where it's like, well, what about these <laughs> dates and blah, blah, blah. So there was kind of like, there was some, some mist, some fog, but I couldn't clearly see Aaron's face there yet. He just seems like an interesting guy and in an interesting he interview. Is. So uh, I, I, he'd be uh, at the top of the mountain for me. I'm, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. You know who I want? Want you to do this show with who yeah yeah i'd actually i should just consult Let me with pitch you. you you should tell me here's who i want on hot ones next season the hoodie himself 
Bill Belichick. Yes, 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 yes. Actually, we've talked about that. I think we've, I think we've pitched him and Saban actually. Uh, but it, it, that's like our kind of our talk right now. You know, we've done a lot of actors, so we start thinking about directors, and we've done a lot of athletes. So now we're starting to think about coaches as you widen the scope. And and I agree with you. I always love. It seems like once a year, you know, there's that clip where Bill Belichick got asked about long snappers and went yeah. through the whole history. Yeah. Of, you know, so it's like wow. You know, there's obviously a oh well of of knowledge there that it's like yeah if you could tap it the right way you'd have one of the most compelling football interviews of anyone living i think i mean i think we're waiting for the quintessential belichick interview and i can help you write the questions like he could have the third wing and then you're like so Mark Bavaro, tell me about his time in New York and what you, yeah. you know, and then Belichick sweating bullets in a hoodie while talking about Mark Bavaro and why he was such a good blocker. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> no, let's do it. Uh, McVeigh would be fun. I think it would be like very like, oh man, I can't believe you got me sweating like this, bro. Like it, it'd be very, it'd be very much that. But I think that there could be an NFL version of this, and I'm sure you've talked with the NFL at, at length as you've been a friend to the Shield for many years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done uh, some truth or dab stuff with the Chargers the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. they have like a really fun social team. You know, they have like uh, it's they have a media company there that's like bigger than first we feast. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of nuts to see how that all works in there, but um, they're super fun to work with. And yeah, I'd like to expand it out and, and, and do more. I'm obviously a, a huge sports fan and football in particular. So that would be amazing. All right. So before we get to some football talk, um, this is always the awkward part of where you're at in your career and what you have. So you've got this awesome show and it goes viral. How many times does like a B-list celebrity like pitch you to your face and say, I want to come on and you have to like kind of dodge it and maybe be a little uncomfortable and explain that? Yeah, but, you know, and you in your head know, like this person's not going to ever get in that chair. Yeah, but you know what? You got to you have to handle those things, I think, uh, delicately because you never know. Like in a couple of years, they get a project here, you know, like people can go fly into the top. So I never want to be someone who at like a charity event or whatever was kind of dismissive to somebody. Plus, who the hell am I? I'm a YouTuber. I'm a YouTuber (laughs) that eats scorching hot chicken wings. You know, I'm a a bigger clown than anybody. So I try to always keep that into perspective. But I guess my take is, and you're right, it does happen frequently is to be like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, oh, do you eat spicy food? You know, I I try to like, yeah, change the topic, talk about the food, talk about the food. Yeah. Are you somebody who enjoys spicy wing? Now I'm giving away my whole playbook. So if somebody's (laughs) watching this, they'll connect the dots. That's what I do it in person. But, you know, I, try, I just do that. I'm just uh, Midwest nice and then roll out of it. And and but there is a lot of Instagram DMs, like people reaching out directly to me. And and I'm just like, I, I just try to kind of almost, I just ignore everything because at the end of the day, I, I don't even know my own schedule or what the season looks like. You know what I mean? I'm just a Pac-Man that eats the next pebble. <laughs> so when people bring stuff directly to me, I'm always like, I, I don't even know what to do. I'm basically an infant. You know what I mean? I don't make any, any decisions for myself. So I, I always just try to uh, swerve it as best as I can, I guess. You said something on an interview, I believe it was with part of my take that really resonated. And I thought it was good for the listeners to hear too. Like they were asking, what's next? What's next? And like, what do you want to do next? And I think your take was basically like, I love what I do. Is it crazy that I'm, I'm good doing this for the rest of my life? And I think that technique, because we're always trained in our careers to try to climb a ladder and kind of go, 
Yeah, like, yeah. Is it okay to be satisfied with what you're doing and just saying, I love what I do. I've got an awesome job and an awesome life and I'm, I'm pretty content. Yeah, I mean, that's the way that I look at it. And uh, like I was telling you, my dreams and aspirations were, you know, producer of a, a drive time AM morning sports talk show. You know what I mean? That's as big as I've ever dreamed. So I feel like I've kind of already done 10 laps around any expectation I ever had for myself. You know, I was, I wasn't like, and so I don't know if that maybe it's like a lack of ambition or something, but I'm good. You know, like I, I, all the people that I work with, I love, uh, creatively, there's nothing that really gets in my way. And to be kind of king of your castle is all that you can ask for. I had it, TV, short-lived TV show thing for a second. Like now if a TV offer came in, I'd be kind of, I'd be suspicious of it more than anything, like more than seeing it as an opportunity. I just, I kind of love the rhythm that I'm in and the track that I'm on. And I don't look around at anybody and think, I wish I had that, or I would want that. I don't, there's nobody that I'd trade with. So in my head, I'm like, I could do this for a really long time. Now, obviously that's not necessarily in your control and we're all just yeah. plinko balls bouncing through this whole thing. And so I, I never think like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lock into this for a long time, but I'm happy and I don't look at anything else and see a way to be happier. So I'm, I'm re I really like what I'm doing. I don't aspire necessarily to anything bigger. I just, I don't even need to like, I don't know. I just, I don't need to get any bigger in any way. I'm just very happy with the thing I have now and I'm appreciative of it. And I don't really see, uh, there's no motivation to change yeah. things right now at the moment. Well, it used to, I mean, used to be like, all right. So something like this would be like, all right, we'll have a late night talk show, but yeah, I, yeah, I think but, but, culturally, yeah. cultural relevance, bro. I, I think hot ones is bigger than those night shows right now. Well, and too, uh, it's like, I, it, yeah, those shows, that's a that's a that's a grind, you know, to do that every single night, you know, and I, I don't look at that and be like, oh, that's like a life that I want. Or even on the interview, you know, you work through three guests every night or whatever, yeah. you know, and I would, would even my style and my preference is into like really marinate with something for a while, try to get a grasp on who this person or who this artist is and then try to execute an interview against that. I don't, I wouldn't want to be in, in that sort of assembly line, like next guest up, next guest up, next guest up sort of yeah. uh, car wash version of doing interviews. So yeah, it's, I don't look at that necessarily either, you know? So yeah, I don't know, just as, as long as the stomach lining holds up, I think I'm good. Yeah, doing I know. And that's the thing. Like, there's like a physicality to what you do and it's, it's not yeah. Joey Chestnut. It's not uh you know, you're not the guy, what was his name, who did the, the man versus food? What was his name? Adam Richmond. Adam, Adam Richmond. Adam Richmond. Yeah. Like, you're not that, but once a week or however often you're doing, you're eating these hot wings and you're able to do it. Obviously, you've trained yourself to be able to do it. Is it everywhere you go in public, someone asking you to, you know, try a wing or do a hot sauce? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a lot of that? Like, can you go through the airport these days without people hounding you to, like, you know, put hot sauce yeah, on something? Yeah. I'm kind of normal. I'm like normal looking enough that I can rip through an airport. I think sometimes my recognizability because of how viral the clips have gone is sometimes bigger than my profile and it can sneak up on me in weird ways every once in a while. But um, yeah, usually if I go to a restaurant at a decent percentage, 
wings will come out from the kitchen like you know this is from the kitchen yeah 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 yeah. that'll happen a lot or whatever if they make a spicy dish like that'll come out like i'm I'm always trying to chase the spice but but uh that's it's also love and and uh, you kind of you are what people think you are in this business so whatever i try to i try to embrace it all even though like i'm good on the spicy food off the clock yeah Um, okay, let's let's go to a couple years ago, NFL draft. The Bears are on the clock. With the 48th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. Jaquan Brisker, selected by the Chicago Bears via Sean Evans. What was it like? So that was in Vegas. I remember they have this massive green room, you know, and they have all those kind of like fake living rooms for the guys that are getting drafted and all their families are around and stuff. So I remember walking through that and then you'll uh, look to your left and see Keegan-Michael Key. And then you'll look to your right and see Sebastian Maniscalco. And then you'll look behind you and see Barry Sanders, you know, that (laughs) massive green room that's kind of like an emptied out Ikea. And there's so much going on, you know, that's kind of a whirlwind. And then I remember uh, you get backstage and I guess, you know, the one thing that you worry about is, is because you don't really know who you're going to, it's not like you can study it the night before or whatever. They just give you a card and then shove you out on stage to do the pick. Yeah. So I guess the anxiety that I had would that I'd get some sort of five syllable last yeah. name, you know, that, that was the and thing that's that this I kid's moment. About. You don't want to screw up his yeah. name on his moment. That's what I, exactly. That's the responsibility I, I felt for. Not that I'd look like an idiot. That's part of it. But yeah, that I, I, you know, I'm permanently messing up this, this dude's moment. So I got the card and said, Jaquan Brisker, defensive back Penn state. I'm like, that's an easy enough name. Then I went out there and I remember it was uh, in Vegas and kind of outdoor. And I remember it looking like a scene out of 300 or something. There was like some sort of like smoky mist that was <laughs> rising above the crowd as all these, like the raucous NFL fans that go to be boots on ground at draft, you know, that's they an go. interesting crowd. Just hear words, oh, yeah, exactly. To hear words said. Yeah. 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 It's a fun time. And then I remember uh, you just get on there and uh, try not to mess up the moment. And uh, I I was like a little quicker on the draw. I saw a brand, he had a whole production, you know, I I saw that he had like the wings in his pocket and stuff. I was a little more uh, uh, grand opening, grand closing, but hit the name, walked (laughs) off. And then, you know, as as much as, the bears have been painful. Uh, I do, I do believe in Jaquan Brisker. You know, I, I think that uh, he had a good rookie campaign and I like the way that he plays and uh, I'll, I'll forever watch him and follow him and, and root for him. Uh, it was a cool moment for sure. It is pretty cool. You have a special connection to him for the rest of your lives. Like you named him on the microphone when he, when his biggest moment of his career, you know, was, was commenced. It was pretty cool. I thought you were great. What are those conversations in the green room like? Are you bouncing? Are you talking? Are you introducing yourself? Are people coming up to you? Like when I hear Barry Sanders and Sebastian Maniscalco, I'm like, this is some melting pot, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I talked to uh, Keegan for a while. Um, Derek Waters, who did Drunk History. I was back there yep. chatting with him for a long time. I had my buddy Dustin Poirier back there. He was doing the uh, Saints pick. So it was okay. good to chat with him. And and yeah, you just kind of look around and lock eyes and do some chats and uh, talk football with everybody back there. And it was, uh, it was a cool experience. Uh, a really cool Did you get experience. a chance to talk to Commissioner Goodell? I know he's usually back there no, too. No, but he was... He was super busy, but when I was backstage waiting before they kind of shove you out there, yeah. I do remember 
like looking up and directly to my left is like Roger Goodell. You know, he had a lot of plate spinning, so I didn't I didn't tap him on the shoulder, introduce myself as the chicken wing guy or anything. But I, I was <laughs> like, he, I did turn and he was just like right there. All right. So you live in New York City full time, but you're in L.A. a bunch. I'm sure you go back to Chicago. Like, what's your Sunday Bears viewing ritual? Do you like block out Sundays or are you guys checking the score on the phone? Like how hardcore do you get on a typical Sunday to watch the Bears? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if if I can keep the pace, but <laughs> I have that is part of the ritual. You know, like I like to on a Sunday morning, wake up and go to the gym around nine and and get home around 1130 and, you know, make a nice breakfast sandwich and, you know, get like a nice brunch spread going and then fire up red zone or the bears game, whatever happens first. And it is ritualistic and sedentary. And I like to just melt into the couch and uh, watch a whole day of football whenever I can, whenever I have that chance on a weekend, uh, when things aren't super busy, it's one of my favorite pleasures of fall. Uh, I, I love doing that whenever I get the chance. All right. Well, in uh, June, you and I were together at this charity event, the Big Slick, and your buddy Nick is hardcore bears also. And you guys pulled me aside and Nick was like almost like adorable. He was so optimistic and he was so <laughs> excited. And he's like, we, he's like, we, we, we signed Nate Davis as an offensive lineman yeah, and, wow. and like Fields is going to be an MVP candidate. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, being an ass, but I just said to you guys, straight face, Real they talk, lost yeah. the last 10 games of the season, and I'm right. not sure Justin Fields showed me that he's going to be. Sure enough, we're two weeks in, and I'm going to play another clip, and I'm sorry to do it. Here's Justin Fields throwing an inexplicable pick six Sunday against the Buccaneers. Out of his own end zone, intercepted by Seth Barrett, fighting at the goal line for a pick six that just might seal the deal for Tampa. Dude, you're 0-2. Uh, look like the worst <laughs> yeah. team in football two weeks into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we look across the, the next few months and your excitement level for the Chicago Bears, how are we feeling about uh, the team from the Windy City? So for me, I, you know, you can like put plural teams from Windy City. You know, like uh, I roll Bears season into Bulls season into White Sox season. And that has been like a sports fans version of the human centipede where, you know, one team leaves a giant stink behind the next team swallows it up, leaves an even bigger <laughs> stink behind. And this sort of thing has been going on. This steam train has rolled uninterrupted for like a decade plus, you know, it's getting insane. So I think that's, that's where you see the patience of bears fans being tested because it's like, we've seen this movie over and over and over again we're just caught in this death time loop and i think what is and it just never stops and then you can almost you can almost see the next chapter of it where it's like they're the worst team and then they draft caleb williams and we're on another two-year development timetable only to find out in year three that we can't develop him either you know like that's yeah. the movie yeah. that just plays over and over and over again and then it's called it's it's added to by like all of the teams kind of doing this and ending up in this never taking a step forward, only two steps backwards. I mean, it's got to be situation. so deflating, though. You're now we're in yeah, week yeah, three of the yeah. NFL season. I, I was thinking they'll be one and one, or they'll be two and zero. Oh. You look at that, you're like Green Bay home with Jordan Love and a bunch of unknown receivers, and then the Buccaneers without Tom Brady. I'm not trying I, to be like this, like like no, this, no, this I, mean I, guy, but zero oh and two. 
No, I mean, I just kind of, I'm resigned to the fact that I just root for unserious teams. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where I've kind of had to, you know, in order to not react to it emotionally, the sort of place that you have to put yourself in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think even the, the, the organization is kind of on their heels about how bad things are. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even yeah. really have like a good, you know, they'll say like new era and this and that. But to me, you know, you talk about the movie replaying itself. That week one, it almost really did feel like, remember when Nagy like wore the fedora and the suit yeah. for that yeah. week one? He's going to be George Hallis, 100th exactly, year NFL. Right. Yeah. It gets blown out. And then that's kind of the beginning of the end. And I caught the same vibes like polls kind of like pacing the field like he's the lion like t- taking on his kingdom you know like that and then they go and just come out flat and like are observably goofy you know what i mean like that that yeah. whole thing has just gotten so old you think that you know them or one of these teams would just like accidentally get it right um but that's sort of where we are uh where it's kind of like been you know like even the hope that you had you know there's just not much that's irredeemable from these first two weeks and you know uh what choice do you have but to to stand by your man and you know, I'll, still, I'll still watch and i'll still root and on every new regime and every new change i'll chug all the kool-aid and i'll get my hopes up and then i'll get stomped out again and and thus that's the plight of a chicago sports fan especially yeah. especially these days and, and i'm resigned i'm resigned to that reality it's okay it's okay Were you just born, like that jaguars I mean, fan meme that's just like what he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that i'm just like that all the time now <laughs> were you alive? I mean, it was '85, but like, were you alive for no, Bears? I, no, like you were too young. Yeah. No, I've never, I've never, I've, I've. They had the one Bears um, Colts Super Bowl yeah. when I was in college with the Colts that they lost. But yeah, no, in my life, I, I'm, uh, I'm approaching my, uh, I'm approaching forty over here, and I've, I've never seen uh, the Bears win a Super Bowl. Yeah, damn. I, I don't know. It's not like I look around the or look around the corner and see any daylight either. You know. Yeah, no, it's not like this might be the year. No, I get no, it. There's, there's none That's of that. It. Uh, in closing, you and I have become friendly, but one thing that we really bonded on was our love for Howard Stern and yes, our love yes. for Richard Christie, Richard Christie, and our love for Sal Governale, and like yes. When you were growing up, I'm the same way, dude. I listen to Mike and the Mad Dog every day on the way home from school, and I just leave it. On and I listen to Stern in the morning on the way to school. And now, whether or not you're a fan of Howard Stern or not, there's no doubt that he is one of the greatest celebrity interviewers of all time. Um, your influences as a kid, as an adult, um, as you got into this space, where I think truly, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I think, I think truly, you got the crown. I think watching your interviews with celebrities, there it was like Charlie Rose, and it's Sean Evans now. Like that, you're the dude. Well, uh, th- thanks, Peter. I, I'm not sure I deserve that, but I appreciate. The compliment. And you're right, you know, like uh, to be a kid and uh, be kind of raised by the uh, Howard Stern show and Loveline and David Letterman. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think you I, throw I, Loveline I, in there, Corolla and Dr. Drew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd listen to that every single night. That's probably the most important show to me you know i think that's actually what kind of even pushed me into thinking about radio is as that was that was a, a show that every night from 10 to midnight on q101 that was a that was appointment listening to me every night um so like you hear that like have you ever met corolla stern or letterman yeah 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 i've met adam he's done the show i've done his show uh jimmy as well and then um same as i've been to some events and seen him there and we chat um 
and then haven't met Dave yet, haven't met Howard, uh, but Stamos said that he sent the uh, Hot Ones episode to Howard, and that Howard said it was a uh, it was a good interview. So so I know that at least it's it's touched his it's touched his world a little bit, you know. So now we just gotta. Got to get Dave. You say Stamos, and it's funny because you say Stamos, and obviously Full House, and then you go through all the different, you know, things. And I immediately think of well, John Stamos is a friend of Howard Stern. Like that's how I think of John Stamos. I'm like he's in the Stern <laughs> yeah, world, yeah. and that's with our connection of Howard. But we got to meet Richard Christie, and if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm here for football, who's Richard Christie? Richard Christie is a character and an amazing guy on the Howard Stern show. And with all these different celebrities in the room and you've got Darius Rucker and you've got, you know, legends of comedy and you've got Mahomes and Kelsey, you and I were just obsessed with talking (laughs) to Richard Christie and I loved it. Richard Christie was amazing. Yeah. Every, uh, 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 we cornered him in that suite. (laughs) And just talk to him about prank calls until like three o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, I probably annoyed him by the end of the weekend because like I the bus more. would pull up and I'd see a seat next to Richard. I'd just <laughs> plop down next to him and just bombard him with even more questions about tradio. You know, I'd just be like, but uh, what a fun guy and a very sweet guy and a disturbed comedic genius for sure. Disturbed community and a great drummer to boot. Who great knew? drummer too. Um, great drummer. Earth, iced Earth. Um, Sean, thank you, dude. Uh, it took an hour of your time. So appreciate it. Uh, anywhere we can find these, if people are listening to the first time and they're football fans that are not necessarily in touch with uh, the Hot Ones and uh, the First We Feast crew. Yeah, just uh, Hot Ones. Uh, new episodes come out every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, season premiere, actually, this Thursday for season 22 within sync. So uh, if you're at all interested, that's where to find it. YouTube. Awesome. And uh, go bears, go bears, bear down. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Thanks dude. All right. That's Sean Evans. Um, Great dude, right? Aaron. Oh, I loved him. I, I don't think I've ever seen him in an interview before. So right? it was cool to see him on the other side. Yeah. I you know, it's it. funny. I, I recognized him obviously when we did this big slick thing and then I, I was a big fan of some of the interviews he's done. And then we start talking. I'm like, Oh, I love this guy. Like, and I get it. Like he's totally authentic. He's cool. Now the Rudd story, which is interesting, obviously, you know, all the memes about right. look at us and all this stuff. So Paul Rudd and I became friends and then he was promoting I think the show that was on Netflix where it's he does a clone of himself called Living oh, With Yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his son was in high school or something and was like, are you going to do Hot Ones? He's like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, watch a couple of these, watched it and did it based on his son saying, this is what people watch now. Like it's not. Oh. And um, that's by far the most viral you know, interview that Paul's done. And he's done all the stuff with Conan and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. in prepping for this, I go back like, you know, He's really like Scarlett Johansson and him like have a great chemistry. And then Jennifer Lawrence and him have a great chemistry. It's not easy not knowing these people, getting in a room and then immediately hitting it off with them and then being so cool and so down to earth and putting their guards down. I I really enjoy watching the show. I watch it with my wife sometimes and she's like, I can't watch because of all the hot, like the hot sauce. And I almost think that's like, I don't want to say it's a gimmick, but it's almost a sideshow to the great questions he's asking. Yeah, it's it's the, I mean, I think you said it perfectly in the interview. It's the secondary part. It's it's the vehicle that gets you to the conversation. And if someone was like, I have no interest in spicy food, it doesn't matter. That's not what yeah. the show's about. That's just like an ornament that's around it. It's great. Yeah. The stuff that I love, it's like behind the scenes, how many people go up to him like, I want to come on the show. And then him having to navigate those waters. I bet he's never been asked that before, but like 
I know a lot of people in my world who are self-involved and think they're much bigger. And I'm not talking about any colleagues. I'm just saying like sports media who probably think they both. And I'm sure Sean Evans is like, ah, we're good. Yeah. Is that why you haven't returned any of my calls when I keep asking when you're going to have yeah. me on the pregame yeah. show? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're bringing you on. Um, <laughs> Sean was great. All right. We're going to bring on uh, another guest in a second. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right. So for the first season of this podcast, I was looking for like our, our niche, our thing. And we tried everything from like talking analytics. And then another time it would be like, all right, let's break down five things you need to know for this weekend. Nothing was clicking. 
And then at the end of last season, I started detailing my travel horror stories, and the response was insane. Uh, people around the league, NFL people, broadcasters, everyone came out of the woodwork to be like, oh, I, I could top that. I've got one where I had to lay over in Columbus to get to Atlanta, then I got to Atlanta, and I had to take a car to Birmingham. Like, and I think we found our thing. Last week, I told a travel horror story that was so horrific that I'm still scarred 10 days later. And I told the story on the podcast and I didn't just get one text or two. No one wanted to talk about my interview with Hank Azaria about Aaron Rodgers. No one wanted to talk about my analysis of what's next for the Jets and Zach Wilson. I got like 50 texts of people responding to the travel horror story I had going to LA last weekend. And one of those texts was from one of my dearest friends, a guy I've known for 20 years. He's my buddy, Jay. And he said, I can top that and then some. Jay, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager. How are you doing this morning? Thank you so much for having me on under these circumstances, too. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> fine. Uh, frankly, I'm not a travel complainer. Um, I put this out of my mind. This is from July. Uh, but I tuned in last week for the Jets Commiseration podcast because I needed some uplifting, something uplifting there. And I was triggered by this, man. I, I, I heard this and I said it, it brought back these memories that I put away. But um, I think I have the travel story to top all of them. And it's a two-parter. All right. So let's first come. I am typically, okay, I have rules. I will never tweet or Instagram or post about my travel woes. I will never complain about them because I always say, disclaimer, my flights are paid for. It's for work. I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing what it is on the other side. It's not just all hair and makeup and roses. There's this stuff too. Yours though, this is out of your own pocket. Why don't you take it away, Jay? All right, yeah, this is out of my own pocket. This is um, a family trip. Uh, my family, I, I Ooh, already, already I'm sick. I have a family of five. I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old and a one-year-old, right? And so we decide we're going to go this summer to France and we're going to meet up with my brother's family who lives in Florida, a family of five, my parents, and my sister, there's 13 people. So, <laughs> uh, so just to, just to take a step back, am I allowed to say the name of the airline? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Well, they don't deserve my discretion anyway. This is United Airlines. Um, so, so, so um, those of us who live in Brooklyn, like we do, we booked a flight on United. The rest of them booked a flight uh, on Delta JFK. So it was just my family. Oh, wait, my you sister. go to Newark. You think it's quicker Newark because of the Verrazano. We, That's what you we do? We thought it was quicker Newark. Uh, I had some United points. I figured let's just bundle this up, right? Okay. Every detail matters when we're doing this, by the way. So don't ever feel shy of sharing every detail. Brooklyn's on the southern tip of Brooklyn. So it's closer. Geographically, you're avoiding the traffic to JFK. It's, it's about, about, the, it's same, about the same on a Tuesday when school ends. This was the easiest way to do it. Um, so it's my family, five and my sister, right? So we have these flights in United and we're going out on a Tuesday and this is the flight there. My brother's family is leaving maybe an hour later. We're all going to meet up in Paris. It's going to be a wonderful French vacation together. <laughs> and so um, wake up in the morning, 7 30 AM. We get that dreaded text from United. Uh, your flight has been canceled, not delayed. Not delayed, canceled, canceled. out of the game. Canceled. 
right out of the gate were canceled. The reason was the pilots had to sleep some, you, you've heard that one, right? The, the nine hour rule, sleep. I learned about it. The nine hour rule, it's new to me. I love yeah. pilots, I didn't know this rule existed. So they direct you to the United app to find your replacement flight, right? So I go on the app with my wife, we're trying to figure it out. The flight they offer is on Saturday evening in DC. <laughs> Tuesday. So this was Tuesday Saturday from Newark. So we obviously we get on the phone, we call them, we get on their app and chat them. There's just the same music we look over and over again. We have four phones going. <laughs> Six hours later, we get through. And the response is simply, because I figured that United, they have the Star Alliance, there's other airlines that might have options, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, whatever yeah. it is, we'll, we'll get there. And they basically reiterate, you had an offer for a flight on Saturday. That offer is, we don't have that flight anymore either. We're talking, we're, we're, we're talking a week, That's a gone. week or so. <laughs> so we got no satisfactory answer, nothing. Like nothing, no solution at all. And so we hang up the phone. It's like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Now our flight was supposed to be six. My, my, my brother's family is already at the airport. And I was like, what do I do here? So I start, you know, Expedia, whatever. I'm looking to see other airlines that might fly. And so I and you would buy it just you'd, I mean and you would say I'll just buy fresh new do? flights. What's my option at this point? I know. I, I, <laughs> so no, this is this is like late June, early July. There's nothing available the same day. No, I find one airline. Well, I said my sister found one airline that had a couple of tickets left called Norse Airlines. You ever hear about this airline? Never heard of this. No, mm-hmm. spell it. N O R S E Norse. And they have a couple of seats <laughs> Not- in their premium section, which is only like a step above with reg- a regular. And so we look at 12 o'clock, the same night, midnight with three kids. Let's do it. Let's do it. Unknown, never seen. Did you Google the airline? Do you even I like- did that after what? I bought it. Now, this is $7,000 later for the, for the one way. <laughs> we bought a ticket, $7,000. Swipe that thing. So I start Googling and the reviews in Norse, it seems like it's, it's the new Norwegian air, airlines. It seems like the Spirit okay. International Airlines, right? Okay. They don't, Not a they don't have a terminal. They don't have flight numbers. They don't have electronic <laughs> tickets. They have no information other than the reviews saying they actually are on time a lot. So you know, okay. we head to JFK. It's not even. It's not even part of the real terminal. I think we may have went to City Field. I don't even know where we were. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they're weighing our check. They're weighing our carry-on bags. There's no electronic picks. We're waiting online. There's no global entry. There's nothing. Why are they wearing? They're weighing your carry-on I don't bags. Know. So this is happening, and my, <laughs> this, and they're already in the air. So I text my family. I said, "Look, we're getting on this flight." Um, if you don't hear from us in the morning in France, we're hanging out with the Titanic submarine crew. That's where we wound up. On <laughs> We're not. That's where we wound up. So just to, just to put a cap on this side of the story, Norse was incredible. Premium. Great. Incredible. It was, it was great. It was like business class. You know, they never heard of Wi-Fi or anything like that, but who cares? We, we took <laughs> off on time. We got there. So this sad story on leg one end up with a fairly happy ending, less $7,000, yeah. but, it, but yeah. I have nothing bad to say about Norris. It was great. So, you know, have our, have our trip to France. We got there three hours, six hours after we would have all good. Now let's talk about, let's top that. Let's talk about the way home. All right. Wait, so first of all, you get there, your brother's family's there, your family's there. This is how many days are you there? Uh, in, for, in, about two weeks. 
Okay, two weeks. You guys have this amazing, never forget, once in a lifetime vacation. The grandparents got to come. And now it's time to finally call it quits and get back to real life. We're headed to the airport. What happens then? We're back. So we're back flying United home. I still had that that (laughs) way home with United. So we're back with them. And so um, wake up in the morning. We have a noon flight, France time. Uh, We get the text at 730, the exact same time. It wasn't a cancellation. It was the flight is delayed three hours. No problem. At least they tell me in advance. No problem. We hang out. We have a nice French breakfast. We kill a little bit of time. We get to the airport for our three o'clock flight now. And everything seems to be going okay. They board at the time they, three hours late, the time they said they would be bored. We sit down. The announcement comes. We got a bit of a paperwork issue. We're going to get that sorted out. Now, here's a problem with boarding with paperwork issues. I have the one-year-old who is not sitting. This is a nine-hour flight. Adding to adding whatever it is to you that is, is, is a problem already. I just had my heart just like I honestly like skipped a beat when I thought of a one-year-old in addition to two other kids who are probably hyperactive as all hell. They're familiar. Put them in front of the screen. They, they don't even know what's going on. Uh, the one-year-old is the problem. So the paperwork issue is about two hours. The baby at this point is screaming. She We just put her on the floor. She's eating other people's popcorn, gum. It doesn't matter. We don't care. Do whatever you want. Do whatever. Just crawling through the aisles. Gum. It's fine. <laughs> Flight takes off a little after two hours sitting on the ground. Okay, so we're okay. We're, we're, we're taking off. We're, oh, no, so it took no, off. No, no, no. Good story. Good ending. Give me a second here. <laughs> uh, so we fly the nine hours. We land at Newark. We were supposed to land at three o'clock New York time. We land around six o'clock New York time. Great. We land. They say, welcome to Newark. Um, we're going to taxi around. We're going to try. We're going to find a gate. Um, there's been some problems at Newark, as you may, may know. We're told the time to a gate is going to be about 30 minutes or so. Okay. It's 30 minutes after landing is no problem. How'd the one-year-old do on the nine-hour flight? Awful. Awful. <laughs> Didn't sleep a minute. Just awful. Um, and so, Wailing. so, and so Wailing. at this time, my wife's face is just like, she, she can't take it anymore. Ashen. Can't take it anymore. Yeah. Uh, the, the stewards are coming over. They're like, she did so good. And no, she didn't. No one, everyone knew she did not do well on this flight. And look, she's one. So now 30 minutes becomes, it's going to be another 30 minutes sitting on, <clears> sitting, <throat> sitting on the, on the tarmac and they're blaming you. They're blaming Newark. They're saying that it's gate problems. Now we're at two hours sitting after the flight. Damn. Now we're, and everyone's people restless. People are starting to get crazy. Not just us. People are starting to get crazy now because now yes. we're in the middle of the night, France. Let me we're, off. We're like, just let me off. 1, 2 a.m. France time now. And you're literally less than a mile away we're from there. the airport. You're sitting there. We could walk. We could all walk. So now we're at two. Now we hit three. And it's the same message. It's just we're oh still trying. God. We're still trying. And there's just no real. To get the game. And then now, like, the stewardess are just throwing peanuts at us and things like that. Like, take this. <laughs> and then we look out the window. And we see fire trucks everywhere out the window. This is three hours in. And so they get on. They go, don't worry. This has nothing to do with our plane. Some plane needed to have an emergency landing, and they just landed here. There's some engine trouble. Uh, they're going to take care of that, but this is certainly going to delay us a bit more. So don't worry. <laughs> so now we hit. Meanwhile, you're thinking emergency landing. F them. Why do they get the Why gate? They get the gate? Now they get the gate. So now we get, we get four <laughs> hours, which we learned four hours is the time by law you have to offer passengers a way off. So all the other passengers are having their phones to the stewards and saying. We need a way off now. And she goes, I completely agree with you. You do. You do. But 
This goes for five total hours. Oh my God. On top of the two hours in the beginning. Two hours at the beginning, nine hours flying, five hours, 16 on this flight. We get off. It's Kiss the 11. ground? Do you kiss the Newark ground? It's 11 o'clock New York time. It's 8 a.m. France time, whatever it is. <laughs> and we're just, we're, we're done. And so um, I, I remember thinking while this is going on, like, this is, this is, the, this is the worst, right? Like the $7,000, you, you chalk, it's done. Can't do anything about it. It's done. I got <laughs> yeah. there. I didn't the trip. But this. This is traumatic. So this is the one. And I'm not, like you said, I'm not tweeting anything out. I'm not, I'm not doing any of this stuff. I'm just telling my close friends what happened here. But I call Newark the next day and they, they did the smart move. They separated their reservation department from their complaints department. Complaints department is no phone. You cannot reach them. You have to email them. So to make a long story short, I now have four $100 credits for all four of us <laughs> to United Airlines, which I can't, I can only use mine and my wife's because my kids are unaccompanied minors. They can't even use them. So I have $200 now for a future United flight, plus the points that I got back to last week. I'm flying United for the rest of my life. I, I cannot get rid of these points. And so, and at this point now, I've given up. There's no, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be made whole for this. I'm done. That's it. So that's basically the story there. Well done. Well told. I'm going to bring in our producer, Aaron Wong Kaufman as well. Can I tell you something that's so sick? I had multiple delays this past week and it felt like it was nothing at all compared to what I went through. I'm so scarred. I'm so calloused. I have such scar tissue that like, if I'm delayed four hours, I'm almost at the Zen point now where I'm just like, all right, I'm, 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 it's four hours. It is what it is. Uh, but Aaron, your thoughts to Jay's story right there. I hated that. <laughs> I like, I want to throw up. <laughs> like the blood left my face the landing and then get sitting on the tarmac. And, uh, I mean, I have no children. I can't imagine what it would be like with one, not to mention two, not to mention three. Um, I hated that. That was uh, it's a, it's a terrible story. Oh like, my God. Oh you my see God. these horrible like horror stories on like, and it's like the saw or Blair witch or whatever you hollow. These are worse stories. This is far more horrific. This story is horrific. Jay. There's nothing worse than, with the, I mean, it's bad enough if you're on this flight, right? We've, we've had bad travel experiences. Normally, like I said, I don't complain about it. I'm happy to be going. Right. But to have the, the kid and the five hours after this, after all the other crap, that was that was. Too, I mean, you could you could see people starting to lose their mind on these flights. Uh, they, they, yeah, you, you see insanity. That's like up. when I saw that lady screaming in the aisle and being like, "That person's not real." I'm like, "There's nothing weird about that." I've been. I, I, she's going insane. She's on a flight. I get it. I get it. And the and like you you keep on talking about the flight attendant and like you go from we're in this together to then they're your your enemy because you blame it on them somehow and they have information they're withholding from you and then at the end it's like we're all just survivors on this thing like we're all just trying to get off this thing one thing to add is that so united kept, on that fire but united kept blaming newark like newark newark this newark the next day tweeted out that just so everyone knows the airline controls the gates, not the airport. So I know they've been blaming us. It's like, there's something going on there. <laughs> it's like a public who spat. Is, who, who's following Newark International Airport's Twitter? <laughs> and, Twitter. They're, and they're putting it out there. We don't want to take the blame. This is, this is, this is their, this is United's hub. This is their, this is their zone. How can they not deal with this? 
I love this, that they both have hired high-powered PR firms to talk about the gate gate. Yeah. It's gate gate. Yeah. I, I do love that Norse Airlines comes out looking good. Yeah, Norse. I'm, I'm so good for glad them. that I have a platform to plug <laughs> Norse Airlines. What a delight this airline is. So now when you search for your flights next time to, to Europe, they fly London, Paris, you're going to see that as the, as the cheap option. I couldn't recommend it higher enough. It's great. Norse was great. Norse. Norse. I flew... I flew Iberia this summer to what is Spain. Iberia? Where's Iberia that is, is that's associated with I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, but but I, I hadn't heard of it before, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I there's not a ton about this, and similarly loved it, incredible experience. Yeah. So uh, you know, sometimes like these little the small international ones, it's, yeah, they're great. It was it was business class for I mean for seven thousand uh, dollars, but it was it was great. Jay, I'm going to wrap with this. You're a diehard Jets fan. Um, what was worse, that flight or the start to this season? <laughs> so the one thing I said to you after after I listened to your podcast is that I, I am constantly surprised when other Jet fans are surprised about what happened. That was the most yeah. predictable thing. Maybe not exactly that. I was at Vinny 99 game. The flight was way worse than, than that. I mean, this is typical. Yeah. Were, you at, were you at the Jets opener or no? Did you go? No, I can't go to I, I was at Vinny 99. I can't, I can't be at that anymore. Vinny 99, like anyone at home, he doesn't, they're coming off an AFC championship game and the same exact thing happened in 1999, week one. There was so much hype for the Jets and Vinny pops his Achilles the first. And then sure enough, Jets organization, not thinking about it, trot Vinny Testaverde out on the field right before Aaron Rodgers' first game. What? I mean, it's like, you can't I make it up. I saw that he was going to be out there and for 9-11. I said, oh my God. I, I started, like, just like talking about this flight, I started getting this PTSD. I'm like, I remember, like, I remember this very, very clearly. The Jets were the Super Bowl favorites that year, for sure. They should have beat the Broncos the year before. And then that happened. It's the same thing that's happening now. Remember, the Jets put in Rick Meyer after that. And they waited so yeah. long to make a move. And then Ray Lucas came in. It was was great. They yep. played him earlier. It was great. So, I mean, the Jets are going to try it out there with, with, with Zach now when there might be someone else who can actually – this is a good team. I mean, they didn't look great this weekend. They are good, and, and they didn't look good. But Zach threw three picks at the end. So, like, the cleanest thing – and here's your football for the listeners. Um, the cleanest thing would be to go trade for Cousins, but there's so many dynamics to that. Like, And my thing was – and not speaking to them about this – are they are they at the behest of Rogers where like he doesn't he doesn't want that no, you know what sure I mean? He doesn't want that. It's a it's a really tough spot. I, I you probably have to do what they're doing. It's a it's a bad spot and ruined what could have been a really cool season. Yeah. On that note, Jay, thanks for joining, buddy. Thank you guys for having me. It was great. Uh, for Aaron Wong Kaufman, for Jason English, for myself, for our guest Sean Evans, who's the host of Hot Ones. Everyone, go watch those. They got in sync this week. Pretty good get. This is the season with Peter Schrager. Dion going to Oregon. Let's watch it and talk about it next week. Oh, yeah, and some NFL stuff, too. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Tell your friends. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.